For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another edition of Taekwondo Life Magazine Live. My name is Mark Surianis. I'm your host, the editor-in-chief of Taekwondo Life Magazine, and a third non-black belt. On Thursday, June 6th, on Long Island, Taekwondo Life Magazine joined the press corps of the Pro Fighters League for their third installment under the banner of PFL3. We had the opportunity to witness a Taekwondo trained mixed martial artist in the heavyweight division known as Alex the Spartan Nicholson. Alex is a hulk of a man and he bears that nickname because if you've ever seen the movie 300, it's a striking resemblance between King Leonidas and this mixed martial arts competitor. While Alex lost in a controversial split decision that night, we were impressed by something that is rare in mixed martial arts, seeing a competitor deliver one step forward back kicks, back hook kicks, and jumping back kicks. I caught up with Alex Days following that fight, and this episode will air very close to his next match in the PFL series as he pursues the million-dollar purse for the 2019 season. We look forward to following Alex in his career, and we hope you enjoy hearing about his Taekwondo life. I am happy to be talking today to Alex, the Spartan Nicholson. Oh, how are you, Alex? You're, I'm speaking I'm to you from, uh, you're in Orlando, Florida? Yes, sir. I'm in Orlando. I'm doing well. I'm actually Very good. my mother and father and my son enjoying the day. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And I thank you for taking a, uh, a little bit of your, your valuable time to talk to us. So um, you are fresh off of PFL3, which we, um, Taekwondo Life Magazine was in the press corps for, and uh, we, we were there now. We had a, uh, it was a split decision, which didn't, didn't go in your favor, but we, um, not because of your Taekwondo background, but our three panelists had it scored as a unanimous decision in your favor. Um, I think it was fairly decisive victory on your part. It was a great fight. I know you, you struggled through some injuries. Um, tell us a little bit about that, about the fight and a little bit about the decision. Well, we're not there trying to be a little bit more patient in this sport. I think my explosive striking style tends to cost me on occasion as far as getting up a takedown and people being able to use that takedown to get me in trouble. I've also been working a lot on my grappling, which I think showed he's supposed to be a world champion black belt. You know, not just your typical black, but he's supposed to be like a sure. like 
exponentially better than most people, even the black belt. But I was able to effortlessly get back up. Um, he threw a good kick, which I just didn't block properly. And honestly, I think it was more my elbow going into my ribs, trying to move quickly. He just popped it real quick. Uh, I cracked two of my ribs and uh, had some cartilage damage. And it slowly progressed throughout the fight. Um, uh, a lot of people agree with what you said. A lot of people feel that I won the fight um, as far as aggression, damage, and I almost finished him. I think it was three times I almost literally finished the fight. And at no point did he almost finish me. So a lot of people agree with you guys as, as a whole, but, you know, as a fighter, I feel like I have to finish. Um, he you know, I'm tough for fighting through it. He he did it. He did what he had to do. Uh, I would like to see the ref stand us up more, um, maybe a little bit because he wasn't really doing anything. But at the same time, I wasn't able to get him off me because that rib was killing me, man. But no excuses. I was entertaining at the end of the day. At least I had a good and entertaining fight. Never really wants to see me fight again. Hats off to him. You know, he did what he had to do. This tournament progresses. Um, he might have to stand in front of me again, and we can, uh, I think I can guarantee that there won't be the same outcome. Well, it was certainly one of one of the best fights of, of the evening. Um, and I know that your this, this uh, elimination schedule um, you, you, you already have now your, uh, I don't know if the date is, is set, but you're, you're going to be fighting again. Now I know you're, you, we talked about your, your injuries. You're going to be fighting again in August in Atlantic city. Is that, yes, is that sir. correct? Is that set? Is that set already? I believe it's August 8th in Atlantic city. I'm not positive, but I think that's when the show is. And, uh, spoke with the doctors and the physicians. So I was only issued a 30 day suspension and, uh, I usually heal up like Wolverine, so I think I'll be all right, man. That's good. That's good. That 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 doesn't shock me. So so let's go back. Let's let's take our our um, our listeners back a little bit for those who who may not be that familiar with you yet, um, but certain that they will. Um, you are known as Alex the Spartan Nicholson. I think for for anybody who um, has seen you, um, you bear the striking resemblance to uh, King Leonidas from. Uh, uh, 300, but, but tell us a little bit, how, how did, how did that name come to stick as your, uh, as your fighting nickname or was it your nickname before you were fighting? I was actually given the nickname in high school basketball. Uh, uh, the movie 300 was out at the time. I believe I was a junior in high school. A basketball came off the rim. I caught it and I dumped it. And one of the dads started screaming Sparta. And, uh, <laughs> It just stuck ever since. And then when I started fighting, they're like, you have a nickname. And I was like, I'm the Spartan. That's <laughs> great. I was, uh, I was the only white kid uh, at my high school, pretty much in my high school basketball team. Um, so it was funny. You know, I had a beard. I was a little skinnier then. But then I think I kind of grew into the nickname. So it was kind of perfect, you, you know. You certainly did. And I think it... it uh it's very appropriate, not just in terms of your, your appearance, but in terms of your, your scrappy and your fighting nature. Uh, I think it's a, it's a, as a, yeah. uh, a, a, as somebody who's Greek, although I'm not Spartan, I think it's a perfect nickname for you. Um, so tell me a little bit about your Taekwondo background, about your, um, my understanding is from, from doing a little bit of research. Um, your, your dad has a, a, a very, um, significant Taekwondo history. 
Um, and tell me a little bit about that and about, about your, your Taekwondo history. It was evident to me, you know, we were sitting, one of the things we do um, is uh, it, it's very clear when, when we watch who, who's had some Taekwondo training from the style of kicking that they do, you know, very rare to see an MMA, a one step forward back kick or a one step forward back hook kick like you do, or a back kick um, executed as well as you do. So t- tell me a little bit about your Taekwondo background and about your, your, lineage my father um was a black belt under sunset lacory here in florida he's in bill lacory sure he also my dad was in the marines he did a lot of traveling he trained and fought um he's trained in the benyakides for a while while he was out there and my father was quite the kickboxer he uh competed in the pka oh sure um, I'm pretty sure at one point, I think he said he was six in the world. And, uh, you know, my dad trained me and uh, Mike Perry, taught us how to throw a lot of his kicks, taught us striking bugs, uh, gems, um, to implement the techniques he showed us, and also learn from other people. I think that was a big thing in the sport of MMA was he didn't limit us. He taught us what he knew, and he also... He said what he didn't know. He didn't limit us. Didn't say, "Oh, you're only coach. You're going to do this and that." Benny Rivera was his young brother's taekwondo. He trained taekwondo under him. Wow. He said that Chuck Norris said that Benny Rivera was the greatest taekwondo instructor he ever met. So I guess he trained him. Bill Lacroix was a Zishinru, um teacher, but my dad got his black belt under Benny Rivera. That's what he said. Okay. Sorry. Just want no, to that's, that's great. No, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, Young Brothers Taekwondo is what you said. And so, and, when did you um, when do you start? When you where your your dad has has uh, the ability and and, and the skills and, and his teaching. So, when do you start? You, you talked a little bit about playing basketball when you were young and getting the nickname sport. But when do you get involved in in training and martial arts and mix, and mixed martial arts? How does that how does that become part of your life? And then how does that transition into your something that you do to something that you earn a living doing? Well, ironically, my father really never wanted me to fight. He never wanted me to compete uh, in that sport because I was good at basketball. He'd always taught me how to fight, so I learned how to kick. I learned how to punch at a young age, but I never really practically applied it on a person. And uh, I got in had a lot of fights when I was younger, and I did actually. You know, when I was probably middle around the middle school, around eighth grade, seventh grade, kids start fighting. You know, especially boys. Sure. And I was I always won. Uh, I think it was just the basic. Things I did, and people would always actually make fun of me because I would kick in the street fight, but I would always win. I mean, hard kick to the body, punch to the face, and it was over. Um, sure. And then I think I was, I think I was 17 years old, and it was after basketball practice. And they were setting up a ring, and there was a kid there, and he's talking like, ah, nobody could beat me up. And I was like, somebody will fight you, man. You no, know, people out there will fight you. Say that. And uh, next thing I know, I'm signed up in a kickboxing fight with pretty much no sparring or training. My dad's super pissed. Kid beats my ass for like three rounds. I was knocking him out at the end of the fight. Wow. <laughs> with like a crazy punch. Couldn't really walk after. He tore my legs up. And then uh, I think I lost a hospital here in the Popka. My dad was bringing us around everywhere. Um, training, we did amateur fights. We would fight every weekend. I remember we fought twice on a couple weekends on occasion 
And uh, I I did really well. I think I was like, I think I was seven before I got my first loss. And then uh, we met Julian Williams um, when we realized we needed to even get a better, you know, jujitsu system. So my dad brought us home and the rest is history. My father and uh, Julian basically led me and Mike into the USC. And then um, the rest was history, man. That's great. That 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 is an in- interesting path. I love to hear about people's path as to how they, um, you know, they ended up doing what it is um, that they're doing. You're a young guy. You have a a, a big career, uh, you know, ahead of you. Um, as you got involved in it, did you expect that even as you were fighting and you were doing some of your amateur fights? Is it something that there, there came the point, you know, where you said, this is now, this, no, this now becomes my path as opposed to something that I'm doing on the side or something that I'm doing to make some extra money or, or pass some time? At, at, at what point did, did, you, did, it, did it strike you or was it always the case that you said, this is how, I, I know you say your dad was a poster, but that this is how I'm going to earn my living. This is what I'm going to do. Well, after we started going for it, he, he wasn't opposed to it. You know, sure. uh, he was like, is, is this what you want to do? You decided you went in there, it's our spark. You're going to learn now, do this the right way. And then, uh, you know, Mike was basically my first real training partner. And Mike was a better boxer than me and he was a little bit smaller than me. But he could fuck me up. Like, I mean, he'll beat me up. However we don't wear it, but he could beat me up. That's and uh, we, we, we got, I got better. And, you know, I started laying it back and we were scoring a lot. My dad would always have us really go for it. He believes in good, you know, hard, full contact sparring. So after that, when we, we started taking off, um, we went into the gym, knocking people out and training. And they're saying, you know, we spar too hard, whatever. We would always spar hard together. We it down. We got a little better, you know, technique. And we realized, okay, we can't knock these guys out. You know, we're going to go crazy. But then the fights, we were winning all the fights. So my father, you know, he, he always trained us like professionals, but I think it was more from us transitioning from kids into adults. We had to get jobs. Um, we started working a little bit, and it was it was less. But my dad told us, you know, he took care of us. Would take us to the gym in the morning and tell us, "You guys can do this. You can make a lot of money doing this." And we we started working less and really going for it. And uh, Mike got into a little bit of trouble, and he went he went away for a little bit, and. Uh, when Mike got out of jail, I had already made my pro debut, and uh, I was actually working at USC team, and I moved, and I left Mike with all my classes, and I moved to Clearwater Beach. And my dad kind of picked up where he left off with Mike, and they were training, and I was still taking training seriously. And Mike made his pro debut, my third pro fight at this point. I won that night, Mike won. We both knocked the guys out in Georgia. And from then we were like, we're going to be in the UFC. These guys can't, these guys can't mess with us. These guys. And I think it was that night, really, you know, in Georgia, where we were like, there's no looking back, man. This is going to be our job. This is our profession. This is what we do. And uh, we we did it, man. We we had people laughing at us. You know, Mike got out of jail. My dad bought a huge tarp, I remember. We would train on the tarp behind Mike's apartment complex. Cause he was on house arrest at the time. Right. And he had the, tr- he had, we had the train close to his house. We would train on the tarp 
behind Mike's apartment, beat the crap out of each other again. And then after that, a couple more pro fights. I think I, I think, I think I was six and one. And I won a fight with a, my jaw was broken. I broke my jaw and I ended up finishing the fight against Chaz Morgan in Pensacola, Florida. He broke my jaw in the first round and I knocked him out at the end of the first round. And then wow. a couple of weeks later, I, uh, cut my wires off and I took a pro boxing match, my pro debut boxing, pro debut in boxing. And I, I won that and it was kind of stupid to cut the wires off. But, but it, your passion, it seems your passion for being in the combat seems to trump a lot of other, a lot of other things. Right. And you're, you're, you strike me as a guy who, who has a hard time sitting on the sidelines waiting to heal, which sometimes I get it, but, but right. Sometimes it can be a tough thing, yeah. but, but, uh, yeah. but you're, you're not a guy who likes to sit by and, 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 and watch others do it. Right. You want to jump in. Yeah. I, I, no, for sure. Person. And it was, it was, uh, the rent was due, man. And fighting was how I was paying our bills. You know, I sure. just fighting every month to get an extra few hundred dollars. And obviously I was still working, a job at that time, another job. So I, sure. I wasn't really a full professional. That's what I tell a lot of these guys. Until you're making enough money to say the fighting's your only job, you're not really a professional fighter. <laughs> right. Right. No, that's, you're, you know, that's, that, that's true. That, that, that's true. And, and, um, you know, it's one of the things on the Taekwondo, um, side, right. When you're, when you're not a, a MMA side on the Taekwondo side, these, these folks train really hard. And there's not the kind of money in it that can sustain them. So it's a very difficult challenge for a lot of them if they don't find sponsorship because um, they don't have the ability to really make money in, in the Taekwondo competitive circuit. Even if you're an Olympic caliber, you can teach. But in terms of competition, this is all done for very little money, if ever any money. So it's a, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a, uh, a differential in terms, of, in terms of the mindset, in terms of where your, your career goes. Um, so um, I noticed in doing my, my, my research and listening to Ray talk and, and, and about, about the PFL, that the PFL seems that their, um, their slogan, their direction, it's, it, it, it's a different kind of a structure from the other uh, mixed martial arts leagues that I've seen. And they, they, they seem to heavily, at least from a publicity standpoint, talk about fighters first, fighters first. And that, that, you know, it's a, it's a fighter's league. We obviously sort of understand from you maybe living it, but me reading it that, you know, not everybody, not every league is like that. Is that, is that one of the appeals for you in being in, in the, in the PFL that it is uh, uh, weighted towards being able to offer more for professional fighters? Oh, hundred percent, man. Uh, you know, you can sign with UFC and be a star and just fight once a year. And that's not, that's, that's pathetic to me. I mean, I need that. I need that therapy. I need to get in there and challenge myself against another man. And also all these kids are so worried um, about making it to the UFC. They don't look into it, man. I'm getting paid more than I was getting paid at the UFC. You know, I'm making more money now. It's nice. And the chance to win a million dollars, you know, being, being on national television to showcase your abilities. You know, I'd rather fight live on ESPN. You know, my friends, some of my friends, if it was on ESPN Plus, are gonna be like, "Sorry, bro, I can't pay six bucks, dog." <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. No, I. I mean, you know, 
people the money's tight sometimes for certain people and it's just uh be able to showcase your abilities on national television you know in front of the world your fans your family something you work so hard at you want everybody to appreciate it and then finally to be compensated properly for it it's just it's great man like you know that's correct go my way go my way whatever people say the decision if 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 I was bad, if I was making five hundred bucks, I would be so screwed. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I, you know, if I needed that, if I needed to double it, even if it was just two grand, you know. But they're paying us now, man. We're getting we're getting more it's, money it's than one of the, making, It is one of yeah. the biggest misconceptions because you know, doing what I do, I'm probably a little bit more sophisticated. But when I speak to people, people just naturally assume that if you're in the UFC or you're in one of these leagues that, that, you know, you're making a lot of money. They, they don't realize they, they, people's thought is, um, uh, their benchmark is boxing and people don't realize that mixed martial artists, um, for the most part have historically not made, even, even though UFC may make that kind of money or uh, one of these other leagues may make that kind of money. The athletes themselves aren't necessarily making that money. So to hear this about the PFL is very refreshing because I understand what goes into, you know, it's really blood, sweat, and tears that goes into every fight, right? Oh, 100%, man. I'm ready to die out there. I mean, I'm preferring to kill, but at the end of the day, anything can happen. Sure. Anything can happen out there. You can hear him in the background, food guy. He was daddy alone this week, but he, uh, he's here now, man. I go in there and I think, I can't get hurt, man. I never can. I'm hanging out with this guy. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. I'm a father of four, so I and and your reputation uh, precedes you as being one of the toughest, but one of the nicest guys in the uh, in the circuit. So I, 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 I it's it's quite evident from speaking to you that your, uh, um, you know, your your reputation is is well deserved. So um, tell me now, because you got you got to take your thirty, you're going to take your thirty days off, you're going to recover, and then does that change for you, your training pattern and your training plans as it relates to now trying to get back in from the, you know, the time off and then get ready for the, for, for the next fight with the, with the time off. No, man. I mean, it, it, it's actually going to be good for me. I think I'm not going to be able to do too much cardio for once. So maybe I will be able to sit back and get 250 and heal my body and then just right back into hard training, you know? So I and, think, and, I think, you know, the rest of my cover is going to be good for me because I usually don't do enough of that. Like I go in there knock a guy out, you know, whatever round it is. I'm ding, 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 but I got friends that the fight's coming up. I'm like, whatever, am I? You just never fully heal, you know? I'm sure you know. Sure, sure. No, it is, it's some, sometimes uh, you have to find the the benefit, right? We have to find the positive in the negative, right? So you're hurt, but the positive is you have time to actually heal your whole body, right? And, and, and yeah, think about and your... I've been, I've been hurt way worse than this. Yeah, it's a little uncomfortable. Uh, but, you know, it's just bruises and a few little cracks sure. and could be way worse. Sure. So we're so good. Tell me, so tell me now, uh, and I'm sure you've been asked this question before, well, what, what does the future hold? So, so obviously your, your, your short-term goal, your, 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 your eye is on the million-dollar prize. Right? And, 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 you know, we're, 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 we're in your corner. We're rooting for you. So um, Alex the Spartan Nicholson comes away on New Year's Eve uh, with his million-dollar prize in hand. What happens after that? Do you retire? Do you, do you come back next oh, year and no. try to get another million? 
Well, do you, I'm going to ri- Sorry, go ahead. Tell me. No, tell me. I'm, I'm gonna, I'd love to know what your mindset is. I'm riding this out until I'm 40, man. If this PFL thing keeps going, I turn 30 next year, I'm going to rack up $11 million and then retire. <laughs> that's great. That's great. That's, that's, listen, that's, that, that's the heart of a champion, right? That's the heart of, of, of somebody who is, is, is not in it just for the short haul, but in it for this is your life, right? This is your, this is your career. This is your legacy. Oh yeah, man. I do it because I love it. And you know, not even talking, not even talking crap, but like seeing Alexander Gustafson say that, like he's my age. He, I guarantee you, he'll be back. What else is he gonna do? You know what I mean? Like, right. make this much money. What else is he gonna do? I guarantee you, that guy will be a couple months. You're like the return of Alexander Gustafson, and he loves it. You know, and I'm, I'm kind of saying it in like a more of a positive way for him, like. You know what I mean? You're not, you're sure. If you, unless unless he doesn't anymore. If he really doesn't love it anymore, then he really will be gone. But for me, what else is there, man? I love this. I'm so happy that I get to do this. All I have to do is work out, you know, and, and, and we can only work out so much. I still love my personal training. And the better I do on my fights, the more people want to see me, the more clients I'll have. So sure. it's like, it all plays together, man. You know, if you really love this sport, then you love to teach this sport. You love health and fitness, sure. you know. You want to teach people how to be healthy and fit. So it's it's all times and it's a beautiful life, and I'm thankful for it. You know, I'm doing what I love to do, raising my kid. I just bought us a car. You know, um, that's great. I could buy. I, I could buy this house. I'm just saving the money up, man. It's, that's great. It's beautiful, man. Everything's falling into place. Everything I worked for. Man. I couldn't be more thankful. Even just coming Good. off of this this loss, but. You know, like they say, you wasn't ready for round four, man. So, <laughs> is it really yeah. lost? Let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. I noticed uh, either today or yesterday, um, one of your social media posts. I've been following. And I love. I love your social media posts. But one of your posts, you you made a comment about people um, trying to advise you on the best way to fight, which I thought was interesting, right? Because everybody's an armchair expert now. Um, guys have never, never, ever, ever put on the gloves. Um, have the, the the ability to sit and, and analyze what what you did wrong or what you could have done differently. Have you found since the um, the fight the other night that that I mean is that what precipitated your um, social media post? Have you been getting a lot of advice from armchair people who aren't in your yeah. in your professional camp? Yeah, man, a hundred percent. And and like I didn't complain about my injury. I just said right. it happens. Not a lot of people. Not a lot of people heard. You know, a lot of people know that I really did. Uh, I, I, there was a reason I was handicapped. And yes, he caused that reason. And that's why, you know, I raised his hand. A lot of people were booing him in, uh, in the stadium. I grabbed his hand and said, you know, this guy won. I knew that he won. At the end of the fight, I was like, right. he won. I know I did more damage, but I know how MMA works. So I know that he controlled it a little bit longer. And I was hoping, yeah, don't get me wrong, I was hoping. I'm sure. Well, shit, Alex almost ended it three times. Made that guy's a lot more messed up, but, you know, he won the fight, so it's cool. I should have finished. It'll make me better. But it's so annoying when somebody, uh, you know, I'm sitting down at dinner, and they don't know the sport. They don't know what's going through it or something. Like, and don't get me wrong, it doesn't happen very often. I'm sure. reality, life. It's like, oh, man, you look tired. I'm like, no shit on the time, you dumbass. <laughs> like, you come, in there, you come in there and try to, you know, like, let me see you run Listen, anybody. Like, especially when it's a guy that's like, let me see you run around the block, bro. <laughs> right. Like, 
but people don't fully it, understand that five minutes, uh, uh, five minutes of that level of high uh, intensive combat, just one round of five minutes is is as draining as as draining can be. And people don't, you know, they don't have a good sense because people think five minutes is a short amount of time, but it's not a short amount of time when you're doing that. And oh, anybody yeah. who's competed in these types of uh, events. You know, I definitely, definitely would have a different perspective on it if they've walked a mile in your shoes. Well, so. yeah, that's why I tell people all the time, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, most of your fights are in the first round. The end. I'm like, five minutes is a really long time to fight somebody. Like, you know, 15 minutes, that's an eternity. But five right. minutes alone is a long time. I, mean, I don't think you can really understand. You know, some people thought maybe they hit the bag. Maybe they hit the mitt, but... Have another human being you're trying to kick you, punch you, knee you in the face, or break your neck or your arm. You know, it's a little bit no, <laughs> absolutely, abs- absolutely. And, and, and like then I you said, bring the internet, you bring the internet into it, and you got somebody right. who's got a fake picture and it's not even their real name. And they, of course, they're going to say anything to just hate. That's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit old school, man. People need to be held accountable for the, what they say and do. And now Absolutely. with the internet in there, we shouldn't let it bother us. But, you know, you could say it all you want, but everybody knows it's annoying. Absolutely. But the internet trolls will always be there. And, you know, the bottom line is, like you said, you know, we go into it um, with um, our, you go into it uh, giving it uh, your all, knowing you gave it your best. And at the end of the day, that's between you between your trainers and between God and, and that's it. And anybody else is, 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 it's all just subjective on their part. So, um, but I will tell you that sitting there, um, you get a different perspective on TV, sitting ringside as I was seeing you after the fight. There's no question. You gave 150, 200, a thousand percent. So, um, and that's yeah, why I didn't, you, I didn't end up, I wanted to approach you after the fight to talk, but, uh, you were, you were with the medical people yeah, and I felt like I was it, wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't the right time, there. you know? So I said, we talk after. Yeah, and I appreciate that. You know, it was a good fight. I'm glad you guys saw it. You know, and I gave it my all and anything I do, you know, in uh, athletically or in my life, you know, with, with people and sports, I, I want to portray that. You know, you give your all and everything you sure. do. So, and now I'm getting a little older. I'm being a little smarter. It's uh, that's correct. It's all coming together, man. Good. I hope it does. So Alex Nicholson in winding down, um, we are going to, we are going to, this episode will premiere very uh, much closer to um, your, your next fight. And we'll, we'll promote that heavily. Um, if people wanted to find out more about you, um, uh, or learn a little bit more about you, what is the best uh, either website or social media? What's the best place for people to follow your career and what's going on with you? At Spartan Life 32, uh, Instagram. Alex Spartan Nicholson on Facebook. Um, so Instagram is probably the best. Spartan Life 32. Um, been getting a lot of messages from a lot of people um, that have seen my fight, and I appreciate all the support and all the hate. I love it all. But there's a lot of people yeah. reaching out to me. There's a lot Good. of people reaching out to me saying that they did that in one. Um, I was the aggressor, that they loved the way I fought. Uh, I made it entertaining, and, uh, you know, I, the people that I listen to, I want them to know that uh, Fran Samar has been doing this a long time, and he's good at what he's good at. So he, and it's not his fault 
the way it played out. He just did what he had to do. He he gave me the credit, and I was the toughest fight he's ever heard. And for a guy with almost 50 professional fights to say that, it means a lot, you know? No, it does. And, you know, Stephen Lambden, who's a, uh, a Taekwondo Olympic, uh, he was a, a, an Olympian in 2016, and he'll be an Olympian. And um, there was just a big fight in, in Britain, and it didn't come out the way that many of the people who viewed it, uh, you know, it, the, the results weren't what people had expected. Uh, and they felt it was a referee error, and they were getting on the athletes. And Steven's a bright guy, and one of the things he said is, when the decision's wrong like that, you can't blame the athletes. It's You know, they're just engaged in the system, and they sit and wait for the outcome, and the outcome is the outcome. And that's how I sort of felt about watching your fight. So, yeah, um, I mean, at the end of the day, he was efficient enough to hurt me in a way where I couldn't get up. And, you know, he wanted to stay on me. The refs didn't call us up. Of course he's going to stay there. And sure. I think he was surprised at how much better I've gotten at jujitsu. I've been working it a lot. I didn't put myself in any. I didn't give up my back. Didn't give up sure. any any submissions. You know. And that, no, that he certainly he too. certainly didn't 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 even come close to submitting you, which was one of the reasons why I'm point. The fact that he was on top of you didn't didn't didn't. I, I, when I say it didn't impress me, I don't mean to take anything away from him. I mean in terms of from a point standpoint, it didn't it didn't turn the the tide against you as far as I was concerned. Yeah, no, so, I mean, even the shots on the ground, I think I hit him harder while he was on sure. top of me than he hit me on top of me. But Sure, sure. But it was what it was. We will look for a different result in, in August, and we look forward to speaking to you hopefully further then and in, in, in the future as you look to pursue the million-dollar dream with PFL this, this and every year. Uh, and we thank you for talking to us. You're a gentleman, and uh, uh, you're, you're an inspiration to, to people that are that – are, out there working hard and, and looking to do uh, great things in, in martial arts and mixed martial arts. So I yeah, want to thank you again for the, for the time. And we will, we'll, we're going to link all your, so, uh, when we post this, we'll send it to you, but we'll link all your social media and all the ways that people can get in touch with you um, in terms of your, your Facebook, your Instagram, um, if there's Twitter, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll link all of that and uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll post the link to the next um uh, PFL event that you're going to be uh, fighting in. So, Alex, thank you so much for talking to me, and uh, all the best with you and your family. Hey, thank you for your time. I appreciate your time. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.